Welcome to Listener Snap for another episode of the Slump Buster Fantasy Football Podcast. On today's episode, Drew and I discuss some injury replacements for both Aaron Jones and Cordell Patterson. We also do a little bit of fantasy football, true or false, who's fool's gold, and who's going to reward your lineup for the rest of the season. Find out here. But before we do that, folks, it's time to give a shout out to our partners, Caveman Coffee Co. Caveman is a fantastic single source, single origin goodness from a company with impeccable taste and ethics. The people behind it are beautiful souls, and the coffee is delicious fuel for the never branding quest to do better be better love harder and enjoy deeper guys i tell you their nitro cold brew is the perfect blend of energy and refreshment in the morning great way to start the day but why stop there they have their mammoth blends which i highly encourage you getting they have their hibiscus teas which are delicious and guys if you use our promo code slump you get 15 percent off your next purchase of any of these fantastic products kmancoffeeco.com promo code slump Guys, don't be a chump. Use promo code SLUMP and get yourself a case today. All right, y'all. It's time for the episode of Juju Talk Sports. Andrew Hagebaugh. Let's get it. Let's bust the slump and let's enjoy. Drew, we're officially four weeks away from the fantasy football playoffs. I say four, just in case your commissioner isn't a raging psychopath and wants to have playoffs start when bye weeks are still in progress. There's going to be a lot of resentment I have coming in week 14, I'm sure, for some owners. Don't you agree? Oh, 100%. If it's not towards the end of the season, then you're doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's a quick way to make your friend group hate you. Speaking yeah. of which, um, I was looking at the caster week things, and uh, as a Jonathan Taylor owner, maybe we might have to have a discussion in that league as well, because it looks like week 14 is when the playoffs start in the caster league, Drew. What are you doing to me, friend? <laughs> hey, listen, I wasn't the owner of the league beforehand, so I, don't, I wasn't the one who made that ever. <laughs> Yet I still see that C next to your name, Drew. What kind of shady bullshit are you pulling here? Because you know what? Season ends today. (laughs) Guess who we face in the playoffs? Yeah, Drew, Juju, round one, and Jonathan Taylor on by. The shenanigans. I call shenanigans here, Drew. (laughs) I'm trying to control this to where I can win. (laughs) That might require a weak vote. Come on, man. (laughs) Putting you on the spot here. we'll, we'll We'll move it down. Yeah, you can't you can't have that. You can't have like, a, and I, I know where that. it probably happened because the previous year's settings probably had it set. Regular season ends week thirteen. Most bye weeks ended in week thirteen when we had the sixteen game season. Now we're in the seventeen yeah. game season, so it moved everything back a week. But yeah, just I would urge your commissioner just to check league settings to make sure that's not the case. Because yes, we do sell bye weeks. In fact, in week fourteen, part of the additional game added on the schedule. But other than that, Matt, how's it looking? Are you pretty much going to make the playoffs in all your leagues, or is there any that you're particularly worrying about? Oh. It's a little bit of a worry. I mean, injuries lately have been killing us badly. And obviously, in our little cash league, the waiver has been a little thin. So it's going to be a little bit difficult to find a couple of people. But I think I can make it work. I think we can get this working. I'll tell you this right out the gate. There is going to be a more active waiver wire this week. There's a few names out there because of some injury concerns that we'll kind of list as we go through the positions, particularly at running back. One big one that's going to be listed out the gate there. We'll get into that. In fact, let's just get started in the episode. We'll go through the top 12 quarterbacks for week 10. Starting first, thank you, thank you, thank you, Patrick Mahomes for finally coming to life. Patrick Mahomes, 
408 yards, five passing touchdowns against the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday night football. Yes, I would have loved the Raiders to win to go 5-0 and and the league pick them against Kyle. But on the other hand, I needed all five of those touchdowns against the Raiders for Patrick Mahomes to elevate my fantasy teams in a couple of weeks. So thank you, Patrick Mahomes, for finally standing up. The real Patrick Mahomes. Dak Prescott against Atlanta. Easy, called it last week, top three quarterback. Dak Prescott against the Falcons had 296 yards, two touchdowns, added a rushing score. So three total touchdowns for Dak Prescott against the Falcons. Josh Allen against the Jets, 366 yards, two touchdowns, one pick, only three rushing yards on the ground. So that's a bit of a surprise for Josh Allen, but good fantasy day overall. Trevor Simeon actually didn't have a bad day. Trevor Simeon, 298 yards, two touchdowns, efficient day, boring day for Trevor Simeon. Some late scores in that game because the Titans were leading the majority of it. Mac Jones is your fifth ranked quarterback on the week, 198 yards, three touchdowns, giving Drew Hagenbaugh some PTSD from this past Sunday. Ryan Tannehill, number six, 213 yards and a touchdown. Also contributed with a rushing score as well. Ryan Tannehill. Number seven, Jalen Hurts. Big time win against the Denver Broncos. The Philadelphia Eagles are surprisingly not dead in the playoff race. In fact, they're very much alive. Jalen Hurts, 178 yards, two touchdowns, one pick, 53 yards on the ground. Kind of putting to bed those potential benching rumors at this point. Derek Carr, number eight. 261 yards, two touchdowns. Credit to you if you decide to use him as streamer against the Kansas City Chiefs. Even though it was an ugly game for the Raiders, Derek Carr was still efficient in that game. Kirk Cousins, 294 yards, two touchdowns. Taylor Heineke at 10, 256 yards and a touchdown. Lamar Jackson, 238 yards and a touchdown against Miami, even though it was an ugly day. Thankful for a couple late scores there. And then your number 12 quarterback on the week, Jimmy Garoppolo in the blood of the Rams. Jimmy Garoppolo had 182 yards, two touchdowns, and one rushing yard on the ground. This is Jimmy Garoppolo's third straight top 12 performance. All right, Drew, we're going to go through these and I just kind of want you to echo me a little bit true or false heading into these guys week 11 matchup. So your number four quarterback on the week, Trevor Simeon, the Saints are going into Philadelphia. True or false, Trevor Simeon will repeat that performance. Honestly, I'm going to surprise everyone. I'm going to say true. The way that Trevor Simeon's been playing, he hasn't been playing awful and he's been playing well and the Eagles defense hasn't been all that spectacular all season. And I really think that he can pull off a good solid performance. What about number five, Mac Jones? Obviously had the three touchdowns this past weekend. Goes against Atlanta on Thursday night football this week. True or false, Mac Uh, Jones will be a top 12 quarterback. True. I I, I think he's showing that he could be a great NFL quarterback and he's shown that the past couple games and obviously he put me and PTSD. I mean, me and I, I'm sure my our boy Boda James is feeling the same. Seeing those Instagram stories, <laughs> they weren't too good from him. Free so. plug at Boda Sports. Check them out. Yeah, if you want to see some more Browns depression for any Cleveland fans listening, it was awful. But um, Atlanta's defense a lot worse than Cleveland's. I can tell you that for sure. I, I think he can have a very very big day there. Okay, Derek Carr will face Cincinnati this week. True or false? Derek Carr will be a top twelve against Cincinnati. Ooh. I'm going to say truth. It's not like harsh, but I I, I kind of say half-assly, if you know what I mean. Like, not remember, so there's going to be guys that jump back into the top 12 that weren't in it yeah. this week, though. I know. It's just the thing is the Bengals have been on such a decline lately, and Derek Carr is due for a, a pretty solid game, and he's had a few of those, especially against teams like Kansas City and stuff like that. So I, I think he's due for a big game against a team that's starting to decline. Taylor Heineke at 10. This week, Washington goes on the road to face the Carolina Panthers. 
I'm going to say false. I, I think Carolina has got a very solid defense. Um, and I, I think uh, with Cam Newton being back there too, it would be more or less a Cam Newton versus the Taylor Heineke battle. And I think Cam Newton can actually win that battle, even though he hasn't played all season. So Taylor Heineke had a great game against Tampa Bay, but it's one of those games where he just has a good one. Tom Brady has a bad one. Everybody has those bad games. And Taylor Heineke is a guy who I don't really think is all that consistent enough to, you know, go back to back big games. All right. What about Jimmy Garoppolo going against the Jacksonville Jaguars? Now, three straight top 12 performances for Jimmy G, but you also have to think that the Jaguars have actually been showing signs of life the last couple of weeks. Obviously, they got the big win against the Buffalo Bills. And then yeah. last week, even though I was pretty confident that Carson Wentz would finish as a top 10 quarterback, they actually did a pretty good job on him. Carson Wentz finished actually as quarterback 23 on the week. That's a tough one. Um, I'm going to go with false, actually. Like you said, Jacksonville's done a very good job at containing quarterbacks in the last couple of weeks. I mean, they held Josh Allen to nothing, but then again, they had Josh Allen to help Josh Allen. <laughs> I think Jacksonville's starting to figure out that defense a little bit. Obviously, the offense isn't the best in the world still, but uh, they, they've been containing quarterbacks, and I think they could continue that. Okay, just outside of the top 12, Tom Brady faces the Giants on Monday Night Football. Does he get back in the top 12, true or false? True. I, I think he does. I mean, one bad game it's not gonna happen again with Tom Brady what about Justin Herbert Justin Herbert this week finished as quarterback 16 on the week this week he goes against the Pittsburgh Steelers I'm actually I was actually gonna go false with this one Steelers got a very good defense I believe the game is in Pittsburgh isn't it no it's actually gonna be in Los Angeles but I'd okay. also say this that probably gonna be a home game dominated by Steelers fans as they tend to travel well yeah so it's more or less gonna be like a secondary home game for the Steelers so but although the Steelers have been up and down it's more or less due to their offense their defense is still very very solid okay the rams are on bye week so matthew stafford will false be a top 12 quarterback what about yeah. let's talk about this name here preparing to start cameron newton the third i don't know if he has the third or not but either way he'll be facing <laughs> the washington football team defense which has been one of the top scoring defenses for fantasy quarterbacks cameron newton in his first start true or false he will be a top 12 quarterback I'm going to be shocking with this. I'm going to say true. He had a very solid start to his first game back. Uh, two touchdowns in his first two drives, and he looked pretty solid. And obviously, they took him out for reasons. Obviously, he hasn't played all season long, and they just I, I feel like they just put him in to see what he could do. And he wasn't bad. But um, with the loss to Chase Young, that could really hurt the pass rush a little bit. And I, I Cam Newton still a very effective runner, so I, I think he can run his way out of that one. Okay, well, this is going to be a very interesting top 12 then I'm going to look at this week oh yeah all right well let's see here any streamer appeal I mean Carson Wentz against the Bills Carson Wentz finished outside of the top 12 this week I don't like him going against the Bills this week yeah what about Colt McCoy against the Seahawks if again you have another week in which Kyler Murray has to sit out does that have any value to you um I think you could add a little bit of value to your team more or less in deeper leagues so more like dynasties if um more or less like if you just need a quick rush to the waiver wire for you know a super flex type well you got to replace Matthew Stafford this week is one yeah. thing to keep in mind because you have Matthew Stafford and Teddy Bridgewater on by not too many people of course are starting Teddy Bridgewater but Matthew Stafford obviously heavily owned heavily started so you are right. looking for options to supplement him Actually, who is your top person to put in there? 
for me, Cam Newton's been dropped a lot, obviously, because no one really thought he'd be back so soon. So I'm sure a lot of people are snatching the waivers and heading Cam Newton up quite a bit. But I would say Cole McCoy isn't a bad option. I mean, he's played very well these last couple of games. So I, I don't see why Cole McCoy wouldn't be a bad option. Wouldn't be a bad option, but your top option? I mean, off the top of my head. Mac Jones against Atlanta? I feel like Mac Jones is decently owned, though, isn't he? No, not at all. No, Mac Jones is 29% owned. <laughs> So maybe I'm just digging too deep into the deeper leagues. Maybe that's why he's probably more heavily owned in the deeper league than he is in a, but okay. Yeah. Mac Jones obviously would be, I thought he was more owned than that. So that's why I really didn't go with him. You even have your boy Baker going against Detroit, but I don't know what his injury situation is going to be this week. I mean, he's got a torn labrum in his shoulder. He's got a terrible foot. Like he's been playing on. Uh, He just busted up his knee against Matthew Judon. So, I mean, I don't know. (laughs) How much what about this coming off bye week justin fields going against the baltimore ravens i mean if he could play like he did against the pittsburgh steelers i mean i wouldn't see why not if he's there get him i mean a couple straight performances of over 20 points before the bye week started running a little bit more so again like how are we kind of like putting this up are we saying like mac jones at the top of that list or are we saying justin fields cam I would newton go, i would go more mac jones first I'd go with the two rookies first and second mac jones and then justin fields and then i put more like cam Newton third, Colt McCoy fourth, you know. Fair enough. So I think that kind of like wraps it up at quarterback there. Let's move on to the running back position. And I mentioned we had a big name that's going to be part of waiver wire this week. A.J. Dillon was your number one running back on the week. A.J. Dillon finished with 66 yards, two touchdowns, a couple of receptions that he took for 62 yards. So A.J. Dillon will definitely be more involved heading into this week's game as Aaron Jones has been ruled out already with a MCL sprain. Aaron Jones is probably going to miss the next two to three weeks potentially with that injury so AJ Dillon inserts running back one instantly I think into most people's rankings as the Green Bay Packers running back has been a good situation to be this year Ramondre Stevenson was actually behind him Ramondre Stevenson was your second ranked running back on the week no Damian Harris so 20 attempts 100 yards and two touchdowns four receptions for 14 yards this is definitely Stevenson's best day since the preseason good to see that he's out of the Bill Belichick doghouse I do have my concerns though that this may be one of those backfield committee type situations from the Patriots that tends to screw with fantasy owners for weeks that's why it's still tough for me to fully buy into Stevenson Darrell Williams at three Darrell Williams finished with 43 yards 101 receiving yards and a touchdown had a big time catch to help beat the Raiders on Sunday night I do wonder what's going to happen there too CEH is scheduled to come back here in the next coming weeks so CEH would obviously take a big role in that offense but I don't think Darrell Williams is going to go completely away. I think he's going to be involved somewhat. Jonathan Taylor was your fourth ranked running back on the week, had 116 yards and a touchdown, six receptions for 10 yards, not doing much yards after the catch there with the receptions, but Jonathan Taylor is running back four. Christian McCaffrey, this guy's back in there in the top five, and I don't think he's ever going to leave again. Christian McCaffrey, 13 attempts for 95 yards, 10 receptions for 66 yards, and that's why you love Christian McCaffrey. Very involved in the passing attack. Cam Newton's favorite target. Cam Newton, Christian McCaffrey, back together again in Carolina. Antonio Gibson at number six this is the best performance of the season Antonio Gibson was starting to be an afterthought 64 yards two touchdowns against a tough Tampa Bay run defense so did it against a hard opponent Dalvin Cook at seven 94 yards and a touchdown three receptions for 24 yards Zeke Elliott at number eight 41 yards two touchdowns three receptions for 15 yards also had a pass attempt in this game too four passing yards against the Falcons just literally throwing everything at them the Ernest Johnson in lieu of Nick Chubb being ruled out due to the COVID 19 attempts 99 
nine yards, no touchdowns, six receptions for 58 yards. Ernest Johnson, when Nick Chubb is out, is definitely a running back two to running back one. But with Nick Chubb back, obviously, Ernest Johnson is going back to the bench. Mark Ingram at 10. Mark Ingram had 47 yards and a touchdown, four receptions for 61 yards. Matt Breida filling in for injured Zach Moss. Matt Breida, 28 yards on the ground and a touchdown, 22 yards through the air and a touchdown. Odd enough that Matt Breida got the nod over Devin Singletary in terms of gaining the touchdown volume and gain more of the work. I think too, obviously they were just piling on with the Jets. And then rounding out the top 12, James Robinson with 57 yards and a touchdown, four receptions for 27 yards. I guess one thing I should ask you out the gate here. So I mentioned Dearness Johnson is probably going to slide back to the bench. Any update on Kareem Hunt? I'm sure you're a little bit more plugged into the Cleveland Browns headlines than I am. So from what I've heard, Kareem Hunt could probably return within probably around the first Baltimore Ravens game because obviously we play Baltimore back to back. So we play them the first time next week and then we get our buy and then we play them again the week after. At least from what I've seen and from what I've heard, there's a solid chance he could be back by the Ravens game, the first Ravens game before the bye. But I've also heard that he could probably just rest up until the bye week and then after the bye week against the Ravens again the second time go around, that's when he'll be back. So either or of the Ravens games, but I would assume more or less after the bye week as more of like a precautionary type reason. Is that next week or the week after? So we get the Lions this weekend, which I will actually be in attendance of that game. Uh, hopefully we actually beat the crap out of them. <laughs> if not, I'll be very deep depressed, but... <laughs> Uh, next week we play the Ravens the first game and then we have our bye week because I believe we have the last bye week of the season which is week 14. So you're saying that he could potentially miss the next two weeks? I would say as a precautionary reason he probably misses the next two weeks. If anything else obviously I'll tweet it out or put something out there like hey Kareem Hunt has a great chance of being back this week instead. I'll I'll make sure there's more updates if anything happens. Okay so once Kareem Hunt is activated though is that instantly dropped Ernest Johnson? You could drop, I mean, yeah, you could drop him because I, mean, I just gonna, don't see the point. I mean, if he's the third yeah, guy on the depth no chart. there's no point keeping him. Yeah, there, he's not going to be a guy you keep on the bench once Cream Hunt comes back. Are you keeping Daryl Williams in your lineup when CEH comes back? I may because you don't know how CEH is going to perform when he comes back. And I could see a potential 50-50 split when he does come back just to kind of get him back into the wheel of things. So maybe with the first week or so, I would keep him in. And then depending on how CH does during those times, then make a decision on whether or not to drop him or put him at least on your bench or something. My concern with that one is that Williams got nine receptions this week. And CEH, if nothing else, he does really well in the passing game. So I kind of wonder if they do do a 50-50 split, would CEH eat into the passing game, meaning that Williams loses that value and is strictly a first and second down running back? There's a good possibility of that. Maybe they might use CEH more or less as a first, second down back, and then kind of use Damian Williams as more of the pass catching back. Okay, what about what we're looking at with the Patriots here? So Ramondre Stevenson, like I said, he was the running back two on the week. Let's see what's going on with Damian Harris at the moment. So he's limited last week. And in fact, he's limited and walked through this week. So I would say that he's more than likely going to play, if not limited touches. Ramondre Stevenson, what kind of range in terms of ranking would you put him? Remember, Brandon Bolden isn't completely gone either. He's still involved in very much in this Patriots offensive attack. 
it's just a difficult situation to yeah, deal Brandon with. Yeah, Bolden running back 30 on the week. Yeah, it's such a difficult situation to deal with because Bill Belichick is a guy who would use absolutely everybody. So who knows if Stevenson would get the same kind of game that he would have against the Cleveland Browns. So probably take him out of the top 12 because you don't know what kind of splits all those guys are going to have. You don't know who's going to pop off, who's going to be the one to suffer and stuff like that. So it's just a tough situation. But just for safekeeping, I'd probably be taking him out the top 12 okay who is the number one running back next week christian mccaffrey against washington or jonathan taylor against the bills yeah i would say cmc right back to the top i mean this game back he was really good once this guy's healthy i mean he's basically a number one and nothing else to it i mean if anything he'll bop down to a two or a three but he's always top three top five no matter what as roster spaces become more of an issue assuming good health are you dropping chuba hubbard it's tough, honestly, because at any point, CMC can go down again. And I mean, didn't he go back to the tent early in that game as well? I believe I saw something that he went into the tent and came back out and kept playing. I'm so, not familiar myself, but I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, hamstring injuries are tricky. Right. And I, because I do have him on my best ball team, and I saw that notification. I was like, oh, great. He's back in the tent. Can't be good. But he, they said he ended up coming back out and playing. So if anything, you might want to keep him on a bench as a safe keeper, just in case if he does go down injured. I, I know his roster spots are going to be very hard to come by right now, especially with the late in the season. But, you know, you with CMC, you just don't know what can happen with him. I will give an injury update as well. So Elijah Mitchell, who obviously has been a very popular starter in fantasy this year. He actually suffered a broken finger today and had to have surgery on it. Now he's expected to practice in Wednesday's practice. We're recording this on a Tuesday, but if for any reason, Elijah Mitchell has to miss, then Jeff Wilson Jr. I believe instantly becomes a running back one. I think Jeff Wilson Jr. in the past when he's had the majority of the work has been a three down running back for the San Francisco 49ers. And like I mentioned this week, they go against Jacksonville. Now Jacksonville, they have been playing really well the last couple of weeks, but they did still allow Jonathan Taylor to be a top four running back. So, so they can still be exposed in a multitude of ways. I think the biggest thing they're doing well this season, obviously, is their pass rush. Josh Allen, you mentioned him earlier. Caleb on chasing, chasing around quarterbacks. They have some talent on the defense that I think has kind of went overlooked just because everyone's more focused on Urban Meyer grinding on chicks at bars. But the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, I'm not going into this <laughs> game with the idea of overlooking them. They have a little bit of talent. Let me say this. What's your confidence level in Antonio Gibson? remaining a top 12 running back the rest of the year because it's been pretty bad the majority of the season for Antonio Gibson and here he is running back six on the week coming off the bye week too that's important because maybe it was the week he needed to get healthy finally and maybe it was a week he need, definitely needed to get healthy. But as the season went on, I, I just thought to myself, it's getting very difficult to trust this guy. Very difficult. And it might be hard to keep him within the top 12 going forward because, you know, yeah, one impressive game, sure, especially against the Tampa Bay defense. But can he repeat that performance? And if he can, then I can sneak him back, you know, as a higher ranking. But, you know, if it's just another mediocre performance this weekend, then I, I think that's going to be the telltale of the season. Mark Ingram, he was the number 10 running back this week. He was the primary running back for the New Orleans Saints because Alvin Kamara got ruled out with a knee injury. Assuming Alvin Kamara misses 
another week, where would you have Mark Ingram ranked going against the Eagles? Against the Eagles, he could be a sneaky top 12 guy. He was obviously great with the Saints in his first go around with them. Uh, he was solid with the Ravens. I, I think the Ravens kind of killed him with Lamar Jackson, having, you know, a multitude of guys that can run the ball. But that doesn't necessarily mean that Mark Ingram's an awful running back. I mean, he's a pretty solid running back. So I, I could definitely see him being a sneaky top 12 kind of guy. So the next tier down behind A.J. Dillon on the waiver wire is going to be Wayne Goldman. So Cordell Patterson had a little bit of an injury spring up during that game. Mike Davis has been irrelevant the majority of the year. And Wayne Goldman has been a three down running back in the past. He's filled in for Saquon Barkley and done a nice job when he was out there in New York. Wayne Goldman, if he's the primary running back in Atlanta, where do you think he finishes? Got to keep in mind, we've seen Cordell Patterson consistently put up running back one finishes throughout the year, albeit he's more involved in the passing game. I wouldn't say top 12. I would say more or less like late teens, early 20s. I just want to see a little bit of work from him and then I can make a better assessment of what I could put him as. So obviously this week we lose Melvin Gordon, we lose Javante Williams, and we will not have Daryl Henderson out there for those owners. So I think Wayne Goldman is definitely someone that you could slide in there, see some other options. Even if Elijah Mitchell's limited this week, I think Jeff Wilson Jr. might be a good streamer type option if he's out there and available in your league. What about this one? I think another situation which you're going to see a lot of available running backs here. Who's the top running back in Philadelphia? Oh, my God. I don't even know if I want to go there. Um, yeah, well, it's, it's a difficult one. I agree with you there, man. It's very difficult because one minute, you know, it could be Boston Scott for all we care, and then it could be the rookie. And then the thing is, they're all very solid running backs, too. It, it just depends on what the coaching staff wants to do with them. I mean, I, I really can't single anybody out. But it's almost like the situation with the wide receivers in Tampa Bay. It's almost the same situation that Bill Belichick has with the running back core. You know, like, who do you give the ball to? Who do you give the touches to? Here's a tricky one. Miles Gaskin, running back 42 in week 10, goes against the Jets this week. Miles Gaskin, one of the biggest enigmas in fantasy this year. Are you trusting him against the Jets? Is he worth a top 36 ranking? Or do you have to leave him off off principle? I think I'm going to leave him off because of principle. I just feel like he's just been irrelevant all year. It's the Jets. It's the Jets, but we see the goddamn the Jets. Jets. It's the goddamn Jets. The big daddy reference. <laughs> you know, one of those things um, that just sticks in your head over time uh, and it lives to be year. reality year in and year out. They're watching that movie right now. It's the goddamn Jets. I mean, the Jets this week, let's see. So they went against the Bills. Like I mentioned, Matt Breida finishes the number 11 running back on the week. Devin Singletary finishes running back 22. And even before he left, Zach Moss also finished as running back 28. So you had three running backs within the top 28 here. That's why there's a case for Miles Gaskin to be made. If anything, he'd be a, probably mid to low end 30s. I think you have I, to have him ranked, but it's just like, yeah. You can't like say, oh, I'm confident. Miles Gaskin can come in here. He's going to be running back one on the week, even though it's within the range of possibilities. Oh, yeah. I mean, anybody can be a running back one. (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing. It's It's within the range of possibilities going against that opponent there. The Eagles situation, I agree with you there. It's kind of a mess. Is it Boston Scott? Is it Kenny Gainwell? Is it Jordan Howard? Jordan Howard actually had 83 yards on the ground this week. He had a great day. So like he's more involved in terms of getting the, 
actual carries. Boston Scott, I believe, had the benefit of a touchdown, if I'm not mistaken. He finished as running back 21. No, actually, he had 11 attempts, 81 yards, two receptions for 24 yards. Both of them finished ahead of Kenneth Gainwell, who I am struggling to even find on this list. I guess I would go Jordan Howard's been the most consistent. Then I would probably go Boston Scott, then Kenny Gainwell. As much as I hate to do it because I think Kenny Gainwell is the better player, clearly the results are not reflecting reality in that situation. But that's kind of the current situation at running back. Those are a few options or a few players that are listed there. Uh, James Conner finishes running back 16, by the way, too, if anyone was wondering what he was going to do with the lack of Chase Edmonds out there. He had a weird name in here when you have Godwin Iquabolke of the Detroit Lions finishes running back 20 on the week with two attempts for 56 yards and a touchdown. That will definitely make DeAndre Swift owners wonder. I will say uh, Jamal Williams is a sneaky ad if he's out there in waiver wires. He should be coming back this week. He was very involved early on when the Detroit Lions were really running the ball well early in the season. So I would kind of pick up Jamal Williams. I think he might be worth adding if you're just looking for a desperation play out there. Maybe someone that could fall into the end zone. All right, let's go to wide receivers. Debo Samuel, my boy. Debo finishes the number one ranked wide receiver on the week. Five receptions, 97 yards and a touchdown. Also had an eight-yard rushing touchdown. He ran for 36 yards as the San Francisco 49ers used him in very unique ways. He literally lined up in the backfield multiple times. Debo Samuel, he's wide receiver three on the year. I don't see him leaving the top 10. I was doubting him potentially the last couple weeks, but right now with Jimmy Garoppolo playing his best ball, Jimmy Garoppolo looks for Debo Samuel almost immediately on most drives. Debo Samuel, as long as Jimmy's out there, I don't think he leaves your lineup. Love that man. Stefan Diggs, finally rewarding fantasy owners. I know that you have been very confident in Stefan Diggs and you've eaten a lot of shit in our Instagram comment section because of it. Stefan Diggs against the Jets at least returned his value. Eight receptions, 162 yards, and a touchdown for Stefan Diggs. CD Lamb against Atlanta did not disappoint. Six receptions, 94 yards, two touchdowns. Also had a rushing attempt for 12 yards. Tyreek Hill as your wide receiver, four on the week. Seven receptions, 83 yards, two touchdowns against the Raiders. Kendrick Bourne, wide receiver, five with four receptions, 98 yards, and a touchdown. Former Niner there. Also had 43 yards on the ground, so very multi-purpose approach for Kendrick Bourne. Devontae Smith, the rook, four receptions, 66 yards, and two touchdowns against the Denver Broncos. Justin Jefferson, nine receptions, 143 yards against the Los Angeles Chargers. Cooper Cup, wide receiver eight on the week, 11 receptions, 122 yards. Uh, Definitely got open, just didn't land in the end zone, but there was a lot of good fantasy performances in front of him. Great performance by Cooper Cup if he's still finishing as the wide receiver eight. Brian Edwards, three receptions, 88 yards, and a touchdown. Right behind him, Hunter Renfro, seven receptions, 46 yards, and a touchdown. Jamal Agnew of the Jacksonville Jaguars, was wide receiver 11 with 79 yards and a touchdown against Indianapolis. And then rounding out the top 12, Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen finished with eight receptions for 98 yards. So this one's a little bit more normal than last week's rankings. I remember last week's rankings were a little bit all over the place as far as something that yeah. popped up in there. Uh, the only ones that I think are ones that are worth talking about. So Kendrick Bourne at wide receiver five. I've said it that I think Jacoby Myers it was the wide receiver I trusted most out of the Patriots wide receiving core, but they do face the Falcons this week. Now, this is a Falcons team that obviously allowed a huge game to the Dallas Cowboys just this week. Would you 
run Kendrick Bourne back out there as a wide receiver three potentially? I wouldn't see why not. I mean, Bill Belichick used him very well against Cleveland, and you know he got very good rushing attempts. My dad added. I mean, what was it fifty rushing yards almost? Yeah, but what's your confidence meter in it? I'm pretty confident. I think he got back to back good games. I don't see why not. Raider situation is one that's kind of unique. Coming off the Henry Ruggs incident, like we're kind of wondering who was going to step up. I think Hunter Renfro immediately returned the value we said he would. We said that he'd pretty much be a wide receiver two the rest of the season. He finishes a wide receiver one this week. Brian Edwards, though, has all been one that fantasy owners have kind of been hesitant on. Don't really know what to make of what he's doing because he was drafted very early on in a lot of fantasy drafts as a potential late round sleeper. Kind of went unnoticed in the first few weeks, but we see him finish his wide receiver nine on the week, only had four targets. Is this fool's gold here? I don't think so because he's been consistently getting those four targets. And I looked at the last couple of games, he's been utilizing those four targets. So I, I could see Brian Edwards being something special here in this Raiders offense a little bit. What about Jamal Agnew, a popular waiver wire ad this week for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Marvin Jones Jr., LaVisca Chenault, still very much part of that offense. But Agnew has been fantasy relevant over the last several weeks. Jamal Agnew, is he a top 36 wide receiver rest of the season? Rest of the season, there's good potential that he could be. I, I saw, I think it was Matthew Barry. He said that uh, Jamal Agnew is doing what we thought we would see LaVisca Chenault would do. And it seems to be true because, like you said, Jamal Agnew is probably the only one of those receivers who is really fantasy relevant at this point. I don't see LaVisca Chenault getting any fantasy value. And so, I mean, I, I feel like Jamal Agnew is really the only guy worth even getting if he's available. And I would get him because he could be a sneaky guy to have. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, sometimes it disregard the team they play for disregard the jersey exactly. sometimes it's just a matter of the fantasy production and jamal agnew seems to have the fantasy production like i said you've definitely taken it on the chin for stefan diggs continuing to have him as the top five wide receiver this year he goes against the colts this week and what's going to be a very good game for the buffalo bills who's going to have a better so, finish this week tyree kill against the cowboys or stefan diggs tyree kill debo samuel against the jaguars or stefan diggs Devo Samuel. Jamar Chase against the Raiders or Stefan Dix? Jamar Chase. Devontae Adams against the Vikings or Stefan Dix? I would actually go Stefan Dix with this one. Mike Evans against the Giants. Again, I'd probably go with Stefan Dix. CD Lamb against the Chiefs? I go CD. Got him about roughly six. That would put CD Lamb as a top five. Justin Jefferson against the Packers. Yeah, Stephon Diggs. Okay, so you just love Stephon Diggs. I, I love like a lot of people who've given up on him. I trust him because he's a great receiver and he's got a great quarterback behind him and stuff. It's, it's not just about giving up se- on him. It's about being honest yeah. about what his production has been. Oh, yeah. His production obviously hasn't been the greatest, but obviously when he does get the production, look what we've seen. He produces and I think that production will continue. I mean, yeah, uh, of course. You know that the 30-point mark is always a possibility when you have Stephon Diggs in your lineup. It just, I, I yeah. think most people are questioning him as a wide receiver one when you look at the rest of the season he's been hovering between 10 to 15 points which is not necessarily what you drafted him for right let's take a look at tight ends just a real quick look here hunter henry finishes tight end one travis kelsey at two mark andrews three tyra conklin four george kittle back in the top five dan arnold austin hooper gerald everett tyler higby albert akwu unam the tight end of the denver (laughs) broncos i believe they just call him albert o and after finally seeing that name in person i understand why they don't use his full name noah fant and (laughs) kyle pitts finish as tight end 12 on the week there obviously the names that you're going to be missing this week 
Noah Fant will be out. Tyler Higby will be out. Mentioning the wide receivers, you won't have any Odell Beckham Jr. No Cooper Cup. So first time you won't see the wide receiver one on the year. If you're a Denver Broncos wide receiver owner, no Cortland Sutton, no Jerry Judy, no Tim Patrick. So that's definitely some names in terms of wide receivers that you're going to miss out on this week. Potential streaming defenses. Let's take a look here at some options. If the Browns are available, obviously they go against the Lions this week. That would be a great matchup there to potentially have them in. The Niners defense, if they're available, going against Jacksonville. Jacksonville's an offense. It's definitely very exploitable for fantasy DSTs. The Titans, I feel like the Titans are heavily dropped in a majority of leagues. They go against Houston this week. Pick your poison here, whether you want to own the Jets defense or the Dolphins defense in a potential matchup there. And then I don't hate the Cowboys versus the Chiefs. I don't think that's an instant bench there. The Chiefs have allowed a lot of turnovers this year. We saw them pop off this week, but I don't think that that's an instant bench. Out of the defenses I listed, Drew, which one stands out to you? I think Tennessee stands out quite nicely. I mean, they've been a pretty solid defense all year, and I think they've been an overlooked defense. So I would say Tennessee could be a very good defense to have. They definitely do a great job of generating a pass rush. That's where it's going to be interesting to see what the Texans do coming out of the bye. Tyrod Taylor is going to be the projected starter. Tyrod couldn't avoid sacks, and he did something uncharacteristic the last time we saw Tyrod Taylor play. He turned the ball over quite a bit. So I kind of wonder if that's going to get corrected. And I kind of wonder if he's on a short leash potentially with Davis Mills. You might as well see what you have in Davis Mills if you're the Texans in my mind, which I guess is just the story of Tyrod Taylor. He just lives to be benched. Yeah, he lives to be the guy who starts for a few games, gets injured, gets benched for the rest of the season, lets the other guy come in and do his work. Man, I feel so bad for the guy making millions of dollars just to be a benefit (laughs) quarterback. That's terrible, dude. Reminds me of that show with Alex Moran, Blue Mountain State. State, yeah. Miss that show. I do too. It was a great show. Blue Mountain State or the league? Better show. Oh, man. (laughs) Don't put me in this one. Um, I would say Blue Mountain State. I think I have to disagree with you. Blue Mountain State, I think the movie killed it. I wish I could just ignore the fact that the movie exists. But the fact of the matter is it's supposed to be the conclusion to the series. That was an awful movie. And then they bring back, you know, Shiloh, the running back from season one. And he just has a useless cameo. What the hell? And then Thad's (laughs) whole storyline that he got trampled by a rhino or something. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The disrespect. You have all these people fundraise to make this movie happen. And you give us that. I would want my money back. The league is a very good show, though. I actually just started rewatching it a few days ago. They said that they potentially may do a movie too. Hopefully that they do actually deliver on the results as opposed to what BMS did. Oh yeah. All right, guys. Well, if you enjoyed this episode and you're watching on YouTube, be sure to leave a like on this video. If you are watching on iTunes, be sure to leave us a five-star review. Check out our partner, CavemanCoffeeCo.com. Come on, go be a jump. Use promo code SOAP at CavemanCoffeeCo.com. And stay safe, happy, and healthy from Juju Talk Sports and Drew Hagenbaugh. We'll see you next time.